This is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And we have a special guest in today's podcast, our very own, very first uh, uh, invited guest. We had Biggie on the podcast beforehand, but we are inviting high school and longtime friend Lucas Mankey. So Lucas Mankey is, is, is welcomed to the podcast to meet at the quarterback for the first time. So Lucas, welcome. Hello. Thank you for finally having me. Um, I feel like it's been a long time coming, you know, I'm Big E. Don't know how he beat me out twice <laughs> as again, before I was ever once, but I guess I'll take second place if it's to Big E. Big E has also been by other podcast listeners, um, been, uh, uh, acknowledged positively that he's been asked to be on multiple times by other podcast listeners. So I don't know how that's really? the case. It is true. Uh, shout out to Dan Lau. Dan Lau requested Biggie in, in previous podcast episodes. So I, I feel like he just offers this like this like father advice of somebody who's been a Vikings fan forever and been really like with it through the heartache. So I feel like he has really good perspective. He definitely does. <laughs> definitely does, but uh, don't worry. He won't be making a regular appearance. So uh, we can just make that clear right off the gates as much as he'd love to. But uh, pretty much today's podcast, what we'll do is we'll start by kind of asking Lucas some little fun, fun questions, sort of how he began his Viking journey. Um, and then we'll get into some of the more traditional updates of sort of what the Vikings uh, have done sort of the past uh, week or so. So um, pretty much we'll first start with, so uh, Lucas, who, who, who kind of are you? How, how, uh, how do you know the great uh, co-hosts of Meet at the Quarterback? Uh, so as, as Harrison alluded to, um, we go ba way back to meeting. I met Harrison in middle school. Um, fast forward to high school is when we became friends, transitioned into best, best friends. And then now as 24, 25 year old young men, we were each other's best men. Um, and through that, I feel like, you know, Bubblicious, Scrubblicious and the Cookie Monster um, are both have turned into kind of my brothers too um as Harrison has become my brother so you know I just I really think of myself as basically like the you know the fifth right of petting brother um that Rochelle really gets to look up to and and be be loved on by so yeah that's just how how I met and how I'm here I would certainly agree with that but uh I oh, think definitely. we really need to know does does Bubblicious, Scrubblicious and the Cookie Man also agree to that sentiment Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's the Cookie Monster um, here coming at you. And yes, 100% agree. I would also agree. Lucas is a good guy. Oh, so cute. I'd also like to preface with uh, very my knowledge level of the Minnesota Vikings, far less than these three wonderful co-hosts. I listen to this a lot to learn about the Vikings. So my, my knowledge is definitely not to the strength of these three co-hosts, but you know, I'm still a fan, so I'm going to be here offering my unsolicited opinion. Yep, which we appreciate, which is why, again, you're, you're one of our, our original listeners. Obviously, Biggie's a, a very avid one. You are up there. 
Uh, we got to recognize, you know, Grace Polition. She listens quite a oh, bit. Yep. Yes. Um, I think Cole Williams listens consistently as well. So just some of our, our very avid listeners. Um, and, and this is something we'll, we'll continue during the Viking offseason is inviting some of these uh, very avid, consistent listeners to, get, to, to share their two cents. It's always good to have healthy, new input and feedback. So uh, this is kind of how, how we're starting. So, um, Lucas, when did you first kind of become a, a Viking fan? Um, everyone kind of has their, their moment or their year or their story. When was it for you? Uh, I don't know if I can point back to a specific moment that I remember, but I think like all Minnesota kids, you grow up listening to the game on K-Fan, uh, watching it on TV, and then obviously growing up with the Metrodome, going to a couple games there. And I think that kind of the cements like I don't have necessarily a big moment, but I just remember the Vikings always being a part of my life since I was little, since you start and you're like, Oh, football, I don't want to watch football. Like I want to watch this or that. And then you learn to really love it and appreciate it. Uh, so I think that's, I don't know if I necessarily have like a moment that I became a fan. I just think growing up in Minnesota, especially so close to the twin cities, it's just everywhere. So what was there at least like one year that kind of stands out? Cause like, obviously for me, I feel like 2000, 2006 was really for me when I like really kind of invested in like Minnesota sports. Um, I know I th- feel like for Hayes, I guess Hayes, what year Hayes for you? Probably 2015. The the, the Bridgewater the, the, playoff the Bridgewater year. Bridgewater playoff year would have been the first. Um, I don't know if I can point back to a year, but I don't know. This may be more helpful is I just think when Adrian Peterson was in his prime, like his prime, you know, when he won the MVP, what was that? It was like 20, 2012. I think that probably was when it really became like a, a cemented me being conscious of not just doing it because it was on, but like paying attention and like looking up the scores of the game. So I'd say Adrian Peterson was like the big, big, so must've been like around 2012, 2011, something like that a driving factor. Definitely. There's, it's either a, a year or a player or a moment um, typically that, that creates sort of that obsession uh, mm-hmm. to say it lightly. So yeah. um, what's, what's, what was one of the more positive or memorable moments in your, your Viking uh, history? Yeah, I think kind of, I guess it's backtracking a little bit, but you know, like my dad was obviously the one who like started introducing me to the Vikings and stuff like that. Um, and that's how I went to the, the, I think I went to maybe one or two games at the Metrodome of the Minnesota Vikings have yet to be the one at the bank, but I would love to go. Um, uh, but so that my dad was like, obviously the first person as I feel like often as your parents are the ones to introduce you. And then I feel like honestly being a part of the Redepending clan and like having you guys in my life, this, sports obsessed family i just was like you know maybe, maybe in an this unhealthy is, way yes maybe this is something to pay attention to so i think like definitely being around you guys so much as like high school and into college like going over to um the anoka house uh watching the game with eric and with you guys is as always like fond memories but i think there's two real big memories that really cements like my most favorite, my best 
the best Vikings moments that I've that I remember as a fan and two kind of things that like if someone's like, why the heck would you be a Minnesota Vikings fan? Two, two moments. Number one uh, is, of course, for who isn't at the Minneapolis Miracle, you know, 2018, uh, January 14th. I remember it's pretty cold day. And not only was the game fantastic because, you know, you had stuff on digs with that amazing reception um, and, to a game that I was you know, at that point lost all hope. Like I feel like so many years before that, you'd get to that point as a Vikings fan and just lose the hope. Um, so it was a fantastic ending to beat the Saints. But another reason why it is was so great is we were watching it at my then roommate Hunter Nielsen's house, uh, his parents' house, which is just across the border in um, Hudson, Wisconsin. Oh, with the swim team. So it was the entire entire grade of my swim team was there. And it was actually the first time that my now wife and I hugged. Whoa. Play, we wow. just okay. turned okay. each other as a natural reaction. And we hugged and we're jumping up and down. And then we we're kind of like that awkward, like you stand back and like, oh my gosh, we just like hugged publicly. But so that was for a multitude of reasons. That's kind of the one, um, like my, one of my great ones. Uh, my second most favorite memory is of course also for definitely recent plant fans an unforgettable moments uh, but for more than one november 13th 2022 bills versus the vikings oh yeah you know as you went into that game not very much confidence but a lot of hope i think in the vikings That's uh, a good way to put it to, yeah going into uh to buffalo playing there on the road and we were watching as we were as on my bachelor party weekend. So I was down in Fort Lauderdale uh, with Harrison and the rest of my wedding party, a group of just fantastic men. Uh, we were all down there and we found, happened to found, find this Minnesota Vikings bar in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Just so wild. There, yes, just wild. So we go there to watch the game and they have huge flags up. There's big crowd, you know, they had purple beer, purple shots, kind of going around so it was good because you know these old women were cycling around not old but the women were cycling around buying us shots and alcohol so like these types yes the type that the cookie monster really goes for um and so i think that just that that atmosphere being somewhere completely away from minnesota with other vikings fans was just really a cool experience having my best friends in the entire world all around watching the game a lot of them not from Minnesota, not Vikings fans. And then to have such an electric game, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson's fantastic fourth down catch, uh, Kendricks, Eric Kendricks, uh, bless your soul. Good luck in your future career, but thank See you. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't get Haze. Yeah. Uh, started Hayes on that. We do love Kendricks. We're a yeah. Kendrick stands group here other than Haze. See you Kendricks. Yes. Fumble recovery in the end zone with 49 seconds in the game, you know, to put us up. And then the icing on the cake is not that we love them, but Pat P's interception at the end of the game to just really solidify, like, no, you're going to win this game. That's like, I think that kind of was the epitome of this last season, which in my opinion was the most fun Minnesota Vikings season that we've ever had that I've ever remembered watching. Um, and then I think just both of the unique situations of hugging my now beautiful wife, Paige. Shout out to Paige. She is a, um, a spotty listener at best, but still a listener. <laughs> and uh, then also um, shout out to all of my amazing groomsmen that were 
for there for the Bills game. So those were like kind of my two best best moments. That's that's I mean that those are both great ones. The Bills one especially. I mean it it undoubtedly and I think we've we've mentioned it on on this podcast too. That's probably one of the best Vikings games any of us have ever seen regular season wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, playoff wins are huge. Division clinching wins are huge, but in terms of you go in hopeful, but not a lot of expectations going to Buffalo, kind of your first true playoff team test. And then not only, you know, winning, but seeing probably one of the most surreal, just insane games in, in, I think it actually also won uh, uh, NFL football game of the year for like the, the oh. NFL honors awards. Andrew can correct me if I'm wrong. Cause he's the guy that knows that information, but I feel like it won that game of the year. Yeah. What do you think it did? It was a great game. And then you get pummeled by 37 points the next week. Yep. Like every single situation with the Vikings, your heart is ripped out of its chest. Let's just chill out there. Yeah. Eat a cookie or something. Yeah. Take a deep breath, maybe kiss uh, a Karen, but, uh, Let's let's pump the brakes, bud. Yep. Yeah. I tried. No, I guess that, that can transition nicely into, you know, Hayes' bread and butter. But what was probably one of the most heart-wrenching and uh, non-positive moments that we've all, you know, certainly experienced in your Vikings fandom? Yeah, I think this probably is very common. I kind of want you guys, all three of you can probably guess it, but... The 2015 um, season and the 2015, 2016 season when, you know, we were number three seed going to the playoffs, just a lot of hope uh, within that team playing at TCF bank stadium, very unique environment. It was cold, you know, they can never really play outside, but cold, cool at the college stadium, very small town, like small venue feel. Um, And all you needed was a 27 yard field goal. (laughs) by one of the best kickers in the league at the time at the time at the time and that was it there was so and there's so much there was literally not even like a question i remember like watching this game not at this at the stadium but at home and there being no doubt in my mind that blair walsh would make this kick not a single doubt and he misses and i think that was so tragic because uh you're losing in the first round of the playoffs when you're the higher seed at home uh you're in like this iconic minnesota look like cold outside at the u of m stadium and then you're this great kicker misses and it just starts a string of horribleness you know like he basically that was the end of his career essentially we tried to give him another couple years and then since then i just feel like we've had such bad luck when it comes down to those those field goals Every single time we get to uh, an end of a game and it is left to a field goal, I just cringe and I'm like, don't I screaming at the TV or the radio or whatever it is. I'm like, don't do it. Don't leave it to the kicker because I think that is just such a horrible memory. That's just in, engraved into my, to my brain. And also I feel like we've been on an unlucky string of like a solid kicker has these flukes at the worst times, you know, like Greg, the leg pretty good except for when he doesn't want to be in. So that I think is probably my worst. If I look back at like the one worst moment, my least favorite, least positive thing uh, is, is that game. Yeah. 
that was that was definitely a tough one and that was obviously it sounds like Hayes's first year so he he entered at a pretty optimal it was absolutely brutal and then they continue to bring in kickers and Daniel Carlson is now the best kicker in the league and they had him but Mike Zimmer beat the guy to death and he got cut then you bring in Dan Bailey who's the best kicker of all time statistically when he got there and he is awful and loses you a playoff shot in 2020. <sighs> Why did you cut Kai Forbath when he kicks a 53-yard field goal in the 2018 divisional round? Then you I was just about the to next say, season. Kai is probably one of our our, our more no- notorious uh, playoff kickers that have been successful. <clears throat> Talk about the the mini. He's got really tough miracle. competition to go up against. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, he does not by any means, but he uh, he delivered a crucial kick in a crucial moment with the 2017 season game. Uh, but yeah, uh, an interesting cut, without a doubt. Uh, um, but yeah. that's a good answer. That is, yeah, that's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. I think, yeah, that. That season, you don't almost forget, but you kind of do because you you forget how good you were that season. I mean, again, yeah. sadly, I think if if this year we didn't have so many regular season improbable wins, um, and it wasn't you know KOC's first year as a head coach, I think this season might also fall under that category of just like forgettable seasons because you are a first round home playoff loss. Yeah. Um, but you have that Bills game that you mentioned. You have the Colts comeback game, and then it, it, again, it also is, it, it's KOC's first uh, head coaching season. So I don't think this season will just be uh, uh, forgotten quite so easily. But sometimes, for me at least, that 2015 season is occasionally forgotten because it ended so abruptly with a chip shot field goal that was missed by yeah one of the best kickers in the league at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Andrew and Hayes, any any questions for Mr. Lucas? Andrew has one. All right, let's let's see what you got. Lucas, I'm curious as to who your all time favorite Viking with Excellent. dreadlocks oh. is. Okay. Um, I know you had uh, Delvin Cook on your fantasy team this year. I mean, you could. Say yeah, he was garbage uh, on my fantasy team this year. So he was garbage yeah. in general. Um. If you can't think of dreadlocks, you can go favorite player. I was about to say, if anything, well, a one A question. Let's hear your favorite player. But yeah, dreadlocks first, and then maybe favorite Viking of all time. Um, I think that didn't JJ have dreadlocks at some point this year? Right? Mm, he has cornrows. Those are different. More braids. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know dreadlocks. <laughs> I can't think back to maybe I don't know. Did like Dante Culpepper have him ever? Probably not. I don't know. Nope, no, no. I'd say probably like the only one I really know. I feel like would be Dalvin Cook. So maybe him with dreadlocks. My favorite player of all time. I feel like it's hard because I feel like when I was growing, like I haven't really started paying attention to names and like really following players since like the last couple of years, like with this kind of like new team. Um, I think I really, really liked Kyle Rudolph for a long time. Um, I think he was one of like my top just because he won like the, or was at least a finalist for, you know, like the, was it the Sean Payton 
man of the year or something like that that trophy and i Not think john payton walter payton <laughs> payton uh thank you and did did like uh some good things like for the community so he was one of the kind of the first players i followed um and then obviously adam thielen was just a fantastic story and i wish him well i think it was the right decision to move on from him um <laughs> Hayes is waving goodbye because he's infuriating. So see you, Thielen. I agree, Hayes. I agree. It's see, thank you and goodbye is what I say to Adam Thielen. But his story is just something that you're never gonna get. Uh, and then JJ, I think like how can you not love the love the guy? He just is. He's so positive, and you know he's he's. I feel like such a stellar like standout just individual as as well as super talented. So I I, don't, I feel like since I've been just within, you know, I'd say like high school and beyond, like into college, uh, started actually following players. Those would be one. And then it probably would, would have been Adrian Peterson had he not, you know, beaten up a girl. So that no, was... no, no, he beat up his kid. His kid. I'm sorry. Yes. Way so different. That is kind of uh, ended that little, little streak, uh, there, but yeah. And, and actually, I don't think he beat up any kid i think he just like hit him with some sticks or something like that like i think it's honestly he just whacked him a couple times yeah i mean i guess if if it is parenting is parenting you know so yeah sounds like the kid was being a little brat so he probably deserved it yeah i think kyle rudolph was a good one and then adam thielen and jj were just a fun like pair and bro enough okay yes (laughs) thielen is wonderful thank you thielen for all your years of 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 being mid not literally not he 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 was one there. of the best yeah, thank you right. thank you Thielen for for uh you know congratulations Thielen on robbing the Minnesota Vikings of millions of dollars for so you hate for Kirk then several years well. no I do not all right any more questions so the the best well, team of all time 2017 Vikings uh, what was your favorite memory besides the Minneapolis Miracle? Because they are the greatest Viking team of all time, the 2017 Vikings. I don't know if they – I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't think I can, like, point to really, like, another moment off the top of my head from 2017. Maybe when Case Keenum threw a pick six in the conference championship game and then it all fell apart. Yeah, yeah, that that was going to be Lucas's first uh, yeah. answer to that question. Yeah. So, yeah. That was my favorite. Actually, I, I take my other two answers back. That was my favorite Vikings yep. like moment, most positive. So thanks, Hayes. Uh, yeah. Any any final questions for our guest listener? He's going to stick on and provide his input on some additional Viking updates. But Hayes or Andrew, any any final questions for for our, our dear listener? Are you going to miss Irv Smith Jr.? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, shoot, nah, he's my favorite player. Dang it. <laughs> um, he he signed so with the Bengals, right? Yeah, and he he uh, reportedly said that he felt like he's the missing piece for a Super Bowl. I mean, I thought that too. So that's why I was really sad when we signed another tight end midseason who was way better. Like, I was pretty sad. I did read or I heard something saying, imagine how good Hawkinson's going to be with a full year of like a Vikings offense under his belt. Whereas like, obviously he was, you know, he was essentially your second weapon and he was on your team for half the season. No, but all right. No other questions. That is fine. Uh, Thank you for answering our questions, giving your input. Uh, 
uh, sort of our final question will be what what do you have what do you want to see from meet at the quarterback moving forward so we always want to improve and be mm-hmm. as best of a podcast to our listeners so kind of you being one of our first on here we want to hear your input how how can we be a better podcast yeah i think for you know me the type of me that are vikings fans but it's hard to get into like the players i love when we talk about the players and do some analysis on like is do we think this is a good decision this is a bad decision i think it was really fun like hey who should we cut you guys doing like the mock draft those are always good things for people like me who tend in the past have kind of been like vikings fan through the season and then don't understand the off season the the cap space explanation things were really good uh, and so it's just fun to hear you guys feels like you know i'm at home when i when i hear you guys when i'm listening in the car um but one thing i think it's really important to keep in mind uh, there's some people, some co-hosts of this podcast that tend to be very, very negative um, and have this maybe perspective that they think they could do the job of the front and front office or the office a little bit better um, and are just so quick to just cut, 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 <laughs> cut, 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 and let's just draft every good. Why don't we just draft every best player out there and then we have the best team or why don't we just just trade for all the good players, then we'd be good. But I think one thing that's really important to keep in mind is, and I wrote this down, I literally stopped driving at one point because I got <laughs> frustrated listening to this and put this in my phone notes so I would not forget this, is you can't just get rid of every player. Agreed. Even if they are, and I would like maybe the person that's a little more negative just to listen to this whole thought before they respond to it. He um, doesn't. But well, let's you hear can't it. just get rid of any player we would like, I think a lot of us would like to wipe the slate clean with a lot of things, but you can't, you have to trust KOC and the coaches and the fact that they work with these athletes day in and day out. And so there's, there's considerations that they are thinking of that are past their current skill level, past how much their money they're playing and go into how coachable this person is, what their attitude is on the team. Are they a leader? Are they someone that's bringing something to the table besides their skills? Um, being a part of a great football team doesn't mean that you have all the best players. It's about having players that you can make the best. And you do that with your coaching staff. So I think that's a really important thing to consider is we have to think of who is the best to cut. Cause you can't just cut clean. You can't just draft all the, or trade for all the best players. You have to really think of who is the most coachable to get us into a position that's that's going to make us competitive for Super Bowl, and I think that's where something that I try to trust in KOC and and Quasi is they are looking at these players. They know them a lot better than we do on their attitude, their work ethic, and like how coachable they are. So I'd say that's a really important thing to consider that I haven't heard a lot um, said by certain people. And on I, I, for one, totally agree. Qualitative uh, observations are huge with players. Uh, granted, this negative co-host individual tuned you out probably at five seconds into you talking, just so you know, because that's what he does. Uh, but I would, Hicks. To- I would totally agree that leadership and qualitative, you know, uh, analysis is huge in, in player production. Um, and I appreciate you saying that on this podcast. And I hear you. I'm sure Bubblicious Scrubadicious hears you. 
and I guarantee the Cookie Man does not. And but Hayes, okay. I would like to, I'd like to concede something. I think there is a time for cut, 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 cut. Yeah. I think, especially with your coaching staff, get like, get, you know what I mean, like goodbye, get, get out of here. goodbye. You know, and like get rid of coaching staff because those are people that are easily like come in and build that best team. But there are certain players that you have to invest time into making them better before you can just cut them. Jordan Hicks, there have been 12,000 linebackers in the history of the NFL. Jordan Hicks statistically was the worst ever last year. He's the first linebacker to have a negative PFF grade. CJ Ham is still is on that, the team. Is that true? CJ Ham is still on the team. CJ Ham can sign my baby. CJ Ham is the first. He is the first player in the history of the NFL to have 200 drops in one game. He had 200 drops in a game last okay. year against against You're the Cubs. Just not saying true things. This CJ Ham has is, to go. Do you have is, a, uh, an three, actual? He cost three million dollars. I have actual things here. CJ Ham costs $3 million. You can save $3 million by cutting him. Quase Adolfo Mensa is being stupid right now by not converting Brian O'Neill's roster bonus into a signing bonus, and it would give them $10 million to spend. Uh, what on earth are you doing signing Marcus Davenport? Why do you still have Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter on the team when you have Marcus Davenport now? Your linebacker issues are terrible. Uh you, you you don't have a wide receiver too. Your other wide receiver too is is grabbing people out of a fire. It's just uh, this team causes me so much agita. It's insane. The, 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 I don't think that's a real word. word. Yeah, let's, re let's rewind that so we can. So much what? Agita, stress. A G I T A. Why didn't you just say stress then? They're terrible. Well, we're, we're not. And sometimes um, you do have to do cut, 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 because. Hayes, what did I say? I said sometimes you have to do cut, 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 cut. But you can't always do that. I, I think you have to when you're coming off a year where your defense was the 29th ranked defense in the league. Uh, the fact they're even – thank goodness Patrick Peterson is gone. But – what are you doing keeping anyone from that defense that isn't Daniil Hunter, because Harrison Smith, clean slate. Or, or, or someone who was drafted in the 2022 draft? Anyone who was drafted later than the third round of the Rick Spielman era should leave. Goodbye. See ya. Unless you are a D Daniil so Hunter. His, who exactly do we have that's post-third round part of the Spielman era? Defensively, who do we have? Any of the, no. any of the Spielman signings. Who do we have? I'm asking you because I don't think well, we these, have many. You got – there's guys out there. Who? But who? here's the deal. <laughs> we're, asking, we're asking you to provide the facts, and you do not. And keep in mind, our mission statement is we are a optimistic Minnesota Vikings podcast. So – we have to continue that mission statement uh, because right now, I, I think there are fair points right now where we can question Quazy's decision-making. I don't get the blocking tight end $7 million a year contract. I don't get it. I don't get Davenport with a half sack last year for $13 million. Don't understand it. But we haven't seen, analytics. He's all we analytics. haven't seen who he has drafted yet. 
I think it still can happen that that O'Neill's contract gets gets converted into that signing bonus that will clear up space. Um, I think the draft class will speak a lot in terms of sort of what's Qua- what what is Quasi's mindset for this season. If he trades, if he trades back, I'm going to lose my mind. Okay. Um, you need to draft someone at 23. For you're you're also a guy who's so obsessed with like getting the the new freshest QB. Um, I feel like you have to then appreciate the fact that Quasi turned down Kirk's uh, uh, contract pay cut negotiation. Good segue. See, that 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 all that all depends on what Kirk was 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 offering but um, think think about it realistically what i heard was he was saying he was willing to take less than daniel jones which was 40 million dollars what if he was like oh i'll take 35 well obviously he's going to turn that down because it's still 35 million dollars a year when you're you could have a rookie quarterback giving you five million a year so that just makes sense if it was 25 million a year he still said no then i have issues with that Really? Because I don't think uh, very, you've been 100%. singing the song and dance the entire time. You, you're you so obsessed Kirk with drafting years, the next Joe Burrow. If you could extend Kirk to a three-year $75 million contract, I would do that 100%. I feel like you're changing your narrative slightly. No. Oh, I've said that before. Four years, you give him four more years. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't but know. I understand both. because... I understand because you're not going to be able to pay Jefferson. You're not going to be able to play Hawkinson. You're not going to be able to pay Darisaw. You're not going to be able to pay Hunter and Kirk. You have to choose some of those guys and say goodbye to Kirk. So at the end of the day, I'm fine if it's if Kirk's gone and we get to keep Darisaw and all those other guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's an interesting decision that Quazy is making. I, I think we still have to give him opportunity to make – Decisions we might not completely understand at the moment uh, before we, you know, completely uh, dishevel him or, 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 or attack him. Um, he's, you know, I don't think he's made the, the, the 21 or 22 draft class we can't speak too much on because they've been, they were injured. Um and I don't think he's made any super controversial, big time controversial signings or cuttings so far this year. He's cut all the people that we've either expected or wanted to cut. And it's not like he's signed a fat contract to anyone that we wanted to get rid of. You know, we're not paying Zadarius Smith a lot of money right now. We haven't re-signed Daniil Hunter yet. Uh, Harrison Smith took a pay cut. We cut Thielen. You got to say goodbye to, to Zadarius Smith. Agreed, but I'm saying nothing's happened yet. It's not like we've re-signed him or or paid him the money. You could still cut him post-June 3rd or whatever that magic deadline is and save a shite ton of money. And I feel like, too, there's a lot of teams that have been, like, waiting. Almost like it feels like we're waiting for something. Like, where's the deal for Aaron Rodgers? You know, where's the deal for Lamar Jackson? Apparently he's coming to the Vikings. If you guys take all that, um, <laughs> which Hayes would love. Hayes would love it. New QB, yeah. Well, I think it was the episode right after the game that Hayes spent maybe an hour saying, "Cut Kirk, get rid of him. I hate him." So now all of a sudden he's a Kirk 
love her again. Um, but I think it's it is Hayes. I I agree that it's can be frustrating. I think we all agree with that. Like, there's some obvious decisions that me, who's not like very into all those numbers, like you guys are, can look and be like, why why did we draft this tight end? What like you know those kind of things. But I think that there you always have to keep in mind they see more of a big of a picture than we do. So I think you give Quasi another year, maybe year and a half through like next off, off season to really see if the decisions he's making are making sense because are getting us towards that championship team. And then after that, you can cut, cut, cut him. If he's still, if at, after three years, nothing's changed, then I agree. Time to bid your farewell. But I think it takes a lot of time to change a team's culture from super defense focused to this offense focused team that also has a defense that can support that. So I think it takes time and effort to, to change it. And so there might just be things that we can't see. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it doesn't make sense to us. Uh, and we could try to make sense of it, but I think we need to give some time for them to do their jobs before we give our final judgments and remain optimistic, man. That is a good point. It's a great point. Yeah, like you said, if, if the Vikings draft classes the past couple seasons have been absolutely horrible, like one of the worst ever, we're talking the whole history of the NFL is awful. If in 2000, if after the 2024 draft, they have not drafted a quarterback that can play the position or at least be developed because you have Kevin O'Connell, who is literally a quarterback whisperer, then I think you have to part with, 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 uh, with Quasi. What year did Quesi, you say? Whatever his name is. After the 2024 draft. So you have two more draft classes. Figure out how to draft some competent players who can play in the first year without dying or stepping on their quarterback, Ed Ingram, you suck. That's it. You're done. But also the Lamar Jackson thing real quick. I don't know what people are thinking about Lamar Jackson. I don't know how you guys feel about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson signing wouldn't just be bad. It would literally ruin your team. You would be terrible for years to come. He would take up uh, probably 23% of your uh, cap space if you sign him, giving away two first-round picks. You'd have no money to sign the four guys you need. I don't know. I don't want him. Do you guys, do you guys want Lamar? I don't want Lamar at all. No. You're I, don't think, I don't think it makes sense. I think you're in a position that you're about to say, say goodbye to an above-average quarterback and hopefully have, like you said, Hayes, a position that you have a new – up and coming quarterback or someone that can be coached and molded by the quarterback whisperer. So I don't think, I just don't think it makes sense. Um, and I think being in the predicament we have been with cousins, having like taking so much cap, cap space, I don't see the team fall like going down that path again. Yep. I would agree. Yeah. I think Lamar is going to wind up on a team that's sort of in a win now situation and they can afford giving up the draft picks and, and, you know, the cap casualty that will come. So um, as exciting as it, you know, would be, I think financially and logistically, it would not make any sense for the Vikings front office. 
Yeah. Um, but Andrew, there? No, I do not want Lamar Jackson. Too expensive, injury prone. Always had a top ten defense. You'd I'd way rather trade up uh or trade two two first to trade up and draft a quarterback. That's only 22-23. It'll be curious to see if we if we go the direction of drafting a QB this year. It seems that people are are pushing for that. Um I always thought that we'd be waiting another year before we we draft another QB, but now it sounds like. Also, I I hadn't heard of this this. I'm gonna butcher his name, Hayden Booker, or somewhere along the. <laughs> Hayden Hooker. Hayden Hooker. You can't Hedden. draft him in the first round. It'd be just an embarrassment. And we don't See, have. A second I disagree round with there. that. He's uh, 25 and coming off an ACL and played in one. He started basically. I don't even know 10 games with one of the better offensive coaches in the college football. So why is his name being that. brought up so much? Because he had a pretty good uh I mean he is good. He's just not first round. All right. See, I think he is first round because then you get the fifth year option. So what you're talking about is you wouldn't have to give him a contract till he's 30, 31 years old, a second contract. Um, you would have developed him a lot, <laughs> but if he's Maybe not he... any good, then you're you're stuck with him for five years. I mean, Ponder would have had I actually, a I actually contract, like him. but he I... didn't even make it that long that that long because he was terrible. See, this is the fear with all Vikings fans is the fear that you're going to have another Christian Ponder or another. It's a fair fear. Player. See, I disagree because you look at the guys like I've named countless times. You could hit with a Trevor Lawrence, a Jalen Hurts, to Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Oh, Josh Allen. That's sick also right miss with the Zach Wilson. You act like Hayes. You act like all those people were from the same draft class, and that it's like every quarterback. I think I agree with everything. Of yes, let's draft a quarterback. Let's try that route. Shape somebody into a Vikings legacy, legacy into like a Vikings franchise, really court like real quarterback. Because when have the last time we have one? I don't remember. I don't even know. Dante but I, probably. Yeah, probably. Vikings have drafted uh, thirteen quarterbacks in the last forty-one years, lowest amount in the NFL. Right. So I, that's why I think we're all in agreement. Take that, like, do it. But you can't like just. It's not ever a guarantee. I think is like with the draft, they can be phenomenal in college and not, not um pan out so i think it's it's always gonna be a risk but i think at that at this point i think everybody's in agreement we we kind of want to see that happen i would have liked to see the draft happen this year had they fixed i feel like more of the holes through trading through free agency that kind of thing but i just don't think they filled enough of the gaps in the defense for them to be able to have that first round pick be a quarterback in my opinion so I that's where that. i see that that's where and i don't I'm, think you should just draft a quarterback to draft a quarterback at 23. No, I, agree. I think I that's agree. Andrew's point is that this hooker is sounds like not a first round pick. And do you really want to tie yourself with a non first round pick QB for the next five years? And I think that's where the ponder fears occur is because we, we thought we needed okay, a QB. So-, so therefore we drafted ponder because we felt we had to have a QB. Whereas I think if you trade up and a QB that is being talked about like currently is on the table, then yeah, go for it. 
And I don't think you should just draft a QB because, oh God, Kirk's contract's almost done and we need to fill that hole ASAP and we want someone for super cheap for five years. I don't think you should take, I don't think you should do that route. You should, you should see who's out there and draft the best guy that's out there in the first round. I don't know how much you all know about Will Levis. He was projected to be like a, a, a top seven pick, a top 10 for sure pick. And now his stock is starting to fall. If he's there at 19, do you move up a couple spots to try to, to get him? I think because I've heard that. I've name, heard he could be really good. Yeah. Maybe. I think, uh, yeah, I, I uh, could see the appeal. I don't know I enough about him to really make a strong claim, but I feel like Andrew has some knowledge. He has a bizarre banana eating video online. If anyone wants to watch it. Uh, he also apparently drinks uh, coffee with mayonnaise, something to be alarmed about. But no, I I I think he's good. I think he has all like the skill sets you need. I've just heard he's like pretty bad under pressure and can't really like sense. He doesn't really have like a pocket presence. But well, he's okay. screwed because he has Ed Ingram who has to block for him and Garrett Bradbury. And apparently he was a lot better in twenty twenty one. So he's regressed. Not even necessarily regression. I think it was just a better – he had better, like, weapons and a better offensive coordinator. Well, he'll have one of the best weapons in the NFL. It's also, like, if you draft him, you're able to sit him for a year, which is a huge benefit for a young quarterback. You still have four years after that that he'd be on a rookie contract. Yeah. Plus, plus you get a whole year of development with, you know, obviously – hopefully, I feel like Kirk wouldn't be one to, like – turn a cold shoulder on him i feel like you'd actually try to help him learn yeah that's why i think i would have liked to i would and i still would like to see a quarterback this draft but i think as harrison said you need to see who's out there and make the best pick for the team not just mm-hmm. get one to get one yeah because if you can get a like a linebacker or something in like a really good line yeah a wide receiver too that's really early on and there's just very like average quarterbacks like you have one more year that you can do that trade up next year, super high or something, maybe if yeah. you can and get one of those top, top names, but. No, no that's I, a good I, point. I yeah. With that. And Hey, is that's where the quarterback fear lands is that you are rushing and you feel you need to fill the void of, of drafting a QB. So. But I guess because you have Kirk, you could draft someone like hooker, have him sit behind him for a year but it, and it, try to learn. But again, it sounds like he's not a right first away. round pick. It sounds like he's he's older. He has he has injury issues. Um also something that's interesting that um there's so many mock drafts of like guys that really do have like uh connections with like people in front offices. And there's just been so many of the Vikings taking a quarterback, whether it's been Levis or I know I've seen Hooker a couple times. That's what and I'm seeing. That's why I asked. I think a lot of people like genuinely believe that these guys just like get intel into like thinking that Kwesi and KLC want to draft a quarterback this year. Like almost all all of them in the past week or two have had a quarterback. Hmm. Which is interesting. It's coming up, man. We got what about three weeks? A little more, about four weeks. Is it? Is it for still four weeks? 
Yep. But it'll be interesting to see what, what route we do end up taking. I, I do, though, I will agree with you, Hayes. I don't want to see us trade back. Unless, you know, there's a guy, like we saw with our mock stuff, if there's a guy that we really, really want and we could potentially get a second-round pick and we can also get that same guy eight picks later. Yeah, you know? or you'll get, like, a first-round pick next year, too, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lions moved up 18 picks, or Lions moved up 20 picks last year. and. I don't even think we had we got a a first round out of it. So Yep. Uh one more year, two more years of Inquazy we trust. We see what he'll do. Um yeah, it's 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 fun to at least talk about, think about. Um it's been slow this offseason, not much. Not 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 anything crazy. No, yeah, the the a lot happened in a week, <laughs> and then yeah. now it's kind of slowed down again. And I would agree, there are some things that we're still waiting that should happen. Zadarius Smith, you can save so much money. Dalvin Cook, you can save a lot of money. They re-signed Madison, which kind of indicates that he's going to be your starter. Yeah. Um, otherwise, there would have been no reason to re-sign him if you're keeping Cook. Well, they're keeping CJ Ham. He could be the starting running back. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's probably what they want to do. I did hear that it might be, you know, going with Oliver and re-signing Ham is that you're changing your sort of offensive personnel. That's what I read, is that you're kind of setting up a little bit more added protection um, for Kirk and an improved running game, um, hopefully. So... Yeah, we'll be the um, only team in the NFL to run it 30 times. If Oliver and Ham provides better pass protection and our offense succeeds than a year ago is, is better than, than last season. I'm, I guess all for that, that decision. Yeah. That's why I'm saying you just kind of have to wait and see sort of what happens. Yeah. I don't think that I don't necessarily think that CJ ham signing was a horrible idea. Um, I think that yes, like kind of expect that was it 3 million. Was that? his contract something like that kind of expensive for what he does but like there could be value in the pass protection there's probably a big reason is his leadership on the team i would say like especially if you're gearing up to cut cook you just got rid of Thielen, you got rid of kendrick's like they're they're wanting people yes bye bye thank you goodbye to all of them but we you need you need people still that are going to be like to keep that that atmosphere that like the Vikings have been this last season known for, you need kind of those senior players. And I'd take three thousand or three million dollars CJ Ham over however expensive Delphin Cook's gonna be. Agreed. And how expensive obviously Thielen would Thielen would have been. And again, Kirk's pay cut helps. So not a pay cut. Structure, whatever it was, restructure. But um Lucas, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for yeah, having me. Thank you me. very much. This was a fantastic episode. I'm excited to post it and uh, we'll have talk throughout. It was, it was, it was good conversation. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was an, an excellent addition. So um, we'll close out we'll be here. Back. We will. We definitely will. From Europe. We'll have to then definitely be creative with time zones. <laughs> Diving. <laughs> So this is Meet at the Quarterback, Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And I'm Lucas. (laughs) And thanks for listening, everyone.